are they planning to do that whole uh, press conference thing with the president and the doctors every single day? Does that include the weekends? Mm, don't know that. Probably should. Everything's going on just as much on Saturday and Sunday as it is on a Friday. Oh, yeah. yeah the virus the, doesn't take weekends off? It, it does not. Yeah, apparently it not. Well, it's, it's afraid of the communist government, oh. which spawned it. Just reminded me, I didn't get to the interesting fact about the uh, Spanish flu in 1918 yesterday, so I'll do that this hour. Excellent. I ran out of time, remember? Yeah, and uh, the Aryan Brotherhood is mad about the the coronavirus. Kind of, sort of. It's an interesting story. Uh, We'll have that for you in a couple of minutes. But first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. We do this every week at this time. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Guys, we made it to the end of week one in self-quarantine. So far, our spirits are high and our wine supply is low. Coronavirus! It's the great equalizer. Colleagues on the other side, continuing to dicker. I think we all know that it's, it's, the, it's the celebrities that we count on most. They're the ones who are going to get us through this. <laughs> there is, in fact... Good news, we've turned the corner on testing. We've now done more testing in the last eight days than Korea has done in, the, in eight weeks. Excuse me. You know, you're supposed to cough into your elbow. I don't know, sir. It looks like a four-marble ray. Oh, we've had, a, we've had an accident, and now the turquoise ball is behind. We, the people, we hold these truths, etc. God rose him from the dead. On a holiday we now call Easter. Not a lot of people know that, but it's it's called Easter. If you see something, say something. Not like the old 9-11 days, but go up to somebody and actually say something. Coronavirus! It's the great equalizer. Was Madonna attempting some sort of philosophizing for the very, very dim-witted? I don't know. Uh, the mayor of Los Angeles saying, hey, if you see somebody out, go up and uh, confront them. What are you is, doing? Where are you going? <laughs> is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard a public official say. Right. Well, we, we dug in old Eric Garcetti's uh, curricula vitae thingamajigger. He's been an academic and a politician. He has no friggin' idea how the world works. It's amazing how often those people end up in charge. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I, who was I listening to? Because oh, normal people man. don't want the job. Oh, I guess it was it was uh, Jonah Goldberg and Kevin Williamson on the podcast. Uh, their uh, Kevin uh, uh, Jonah's podcast. They're talking about people who are clever and and verbal. Um, how they vastly outnumber other sorts of intelligence in politics. And there are all sorts of useful uh, forms of intelligence. Um, you're you're analytical. You hold facts in your mind well, then compare them about uh, against other facts and see a course of action. I a mean, lot, that's a lot of people who are good at what you just cre- described are the least clever people I've ever met. Right, exactly. They just, the last thing you'd ever say is they're clever. Right, and 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 cleverness is way overrated in our politics, yeah. and the other sorts of intelligence are way underrated. And, it's what scores points on a debate stage or uh, in a TV interview or all kinds of things. Yeah. It's got very little to do with, like, uh, wisdom analyzing a situation. and Sound decision-making, in short. Yeah, yeah, d- totally agree. The other thing that I took from that podcast while, while we're on it is just somebody who had been in D.C. for a while saying, and I found this like chilled me to the bone and it chilled him to the bone 
He said, you think all these people are corrupt, dishonest, phony, whatever, and that's why we get what we get? And talking particularly about, like, how could the CDC fail the way it has, you know, and be wrong about the testing kits and all these different things. He said, you get there and you find out everybody's trying their hardest. Most everybody you meet is trying their hardest. This is just what bureaucracies do. Yeah. When people are trying, when people are trying to do it right, you have a big bureaucracy. This is how this is just how they perform. Yeah. That's actually more troubling than uh, if people were dishonest and corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And then you add in some dishonesty and corruption, and those gen- those people generally are pretty good at utilizing the flaws of a bureaucracy to get what they want. I mean, for instance, I've I've heard this described where a bureaucracy say say the VA, for instance, during that whole scandal, you uh, you need to know you know what nurse did filled out that form, right? So you go to that department, you don't physically go, but you say, I need to get this report. And they know why you're there. Well, they just they lo- they lose that message. Then three days later, you call back again. She's out. I'll leave her a message. Two days later, you follow up once again, and this time it's a strongly worded memo. Maybe that goes up a level, or maybe it doesn't. And they just outweigh you. Because what are you going to do, fire them? Hilarious. So, yeah, it, it, it turns into an ugly ball of inaction, which would not be a bad uh, title for a chapter of my autobiography. The Aryan Nation is suing the Sacramento <laughs> County Sheriff's Office. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, there are times been an ugly ball of inaction. <clears throat> I'm here to admit it. Then, then I rouse myself and I become productive. Is it again. like a period of your life, or it's just like periods of days? Kind of like comes and goes day. like the weather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's a month. Yeah. Let's be honest. Eleven. Um, I'm sorry. The Aryan Brotherhood. Eleven is suing eleven. I'm sorry. This sentence is constructed like a Chinese riddle. Um, a <laughs> bunch of guys from the Aryan Brotherhood are suing a bunch of people from the Sacramento, California County Sheriff's Office, saying their clients were being mistreated and unfairly rousted from their cells at midnight two weeks ago by sheriff's deputies, and said that it's putting them at risk of uh, COVID nineteen. Um, they want them transferred to a federal facility where they will not be subjected to the harsh and inhumane treatments, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on for some time. But uh, one of the attorneys is saying, listen, the deputies tossed their cells, uh, destroyed hundreds, possibly thousands of dollars of commissary items, made a jumble out of each man's court discovery paperwork and personal possessions. Almost no contraband was found. Allegedly, one individual had two glasses of wine in his cell. Pruno, prison Wine. wine. Wine, it's in quotes. I uh, I think this could be my thing. I ought to become the Robert Parker of prison wine. It's kind of a famous wine review like website, to whatever, for Wine Spectator. But I, I ought to go around the country trying prison wine and rating it, giving it stars or points or something like that. And, you know, I have a feeling the wardens of the, the world wouldn't appreciate it very much, but. I could hold Pruno tasting. This has got a... Did you clean the toilet at all before you made this? Of course. Well, and it's got alcohol in it. It's fine. It's fine. It'll be okay. Right. It'll... it'll... You're going to be interviewing with Dr. Phil before we know it. (laughs) So, like, when you're drinking stuff, uh, the flavor is like... uh, 
I don't know, icing on the cake or something like that. The the point of being there, well, maybe not for most people. Are there people that drink alcohol? They would they wished it wasn't alcoholic, and they did, but they just unfortunately the alcohol comes with the flavor. Or does everybody who's mm. drinking alcohol hoping to get the, the 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 reaction that their brain has to alcohol? That one. That one. Yeah, there are plenty of people who. Like, they're enjoying wine, good wine. I preferred it to taste good, but I was there for the buzz, man. Right, I hear you. Uh, there, are, there are plenty of people, women in particular, because of the way women's uh, livers metabolize alcohol, that will be really enjoying wine, then all of a sudden find themselves much more hammered than they'd hoped to be. Um, so there's that, but no, like from and that's the beginning, when the party starts. Uh, how many times have I heard the phrase, boy, I wish wine was non-alcoholic, I'm still waiting. Waiting for the first one. Okay. In answer to your so question. So everybody who drinks is hoping for the buzz. Yeah. And I don't and think if it tastes good, that's that's fantastic. Hey, bonus. Yeah. I don't think they actually mix up the Pruno in the toilet. You use plastic bags for that, but often you hide it there. I didn't know that. From what I understand. Yeah, so I think toilet it's, it's, wine is it's hidden in the wine. And my well, whole life I've been picturing saying, you're actually mixing it up in the toilet. Well, I'm sure it has been done that way. You. But, but yeah, those ones aren't going to get the good star reviews. Clearly, the yeah. ones you take the precautions have smuggled in bags in some way, right? Or do you make yeah. it in the like the, the 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 tank of the toilet as opposed to the bowl? I don't think they have tanks. No, the prison just... toilets are just pipes coming out of a wall in the in the stool, the mm. seat, if you will. I've not done time in the joint, not yet. Yet, pretty unlikely at this point. Hard to imagine how I'd end up in jail at this point. You know, I was briefly tempted to try to make wine because I really enjoy wine. But then I realized, well, it's a ton of work. You've got to be really meticulous. Mm, that's not me. And there's so much great wine everywhere. Eh. <laughs> I mean, it's not like homemade bread. You make homemade bread, it's going to be the best bread you had that week. Better than what you bought at the store. Oh, yeah. Unless you're buying fresh bread at the store. Yeah, unless you go to a, like a bakery bakery. Yeah. But wine, I'm not going to do better than the pros. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, on the other hand, you know, you got to have a hobby, right? My mom is trying to make uh, bread, and there I is love a homemade bread. Yeah, but there is a yeast shortage. Believe it or not, is People, there really? There is. You can't find it anywhere in the stores. And the store because owners, of the Corona, or was it before the Corona? Because of the Corona, okay. everybody's home baking, and so they're grabbing all the baking goods like flour and yeast and stuff. So that stuff is off the shelves. Hmm. I know I'm stopping at the grocery store on the way home to get fresh bread, though, since we've been talking about it. I have 10 essentials that are selling out and where you can still get them. Cool. And I got allegedly, but I'm not sure I buy it. I got How do you know what's in my local store. I got some info about the greatest pandemic of all time, the Spanish flu. Uh, I want to hit you with that's kind of interesting and see if there are any parallels. Also, we got to get back to the Bob Dylan song. Yeah, we right? still have 15 Russia? minutes left. I don't know he, if we're going to oh, finish Oh, yeah, this. we've slacked. Sean, you're in charge of that. He that released, was my fault. Yes. He released a 17-minute song. Purr. And it's about the JFK assassination? What? Was the country yearning for that? Anyway, well, uh, well all that stuff we mentioned on the way. Armstrong and Getty. We came to work. I'd heard on the radio driving to work that Bob Dylan released a new song. I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. He won the Nobel Prize for Literature. 
The new song is 17 minutes long. That's long by his standards. It's about the assassination of JFK. Of course it is. And Finally. We've been trying to work our way through it. How far along are we? Just a couple of minutes in. We're two minutes in. Well, yeah. Give us a little. 30 seconds. It's a murder most found. That's the title, by the way. Hush, little children, you'll understand. The Beatles are coming, they're gonna hold your hand. Slide down the banister, go get your coat. Ferry cross the messy and go for the throne. There's three bumps coming all dressed in rags. Pick up the pieces and over the flags. I'm going to Woodstock, it's the Aquarian Age. Then I'll go over to Altamont and sit near the stage. Did he write this Put your head out the window, let the good times roll. I, I felt this kind of turned into American Pie there in a weird way. Yeah, and I kind of feel like he's Wikipedia in the 60s and just like <laughs> yeah, listing uh, off things as they happen. Then <laughs> we're going to put a man on the moon. And then Led Zeppelin will form up soon. <laughs> and the Mets won the World Series. And then uh, let's see what the else. Miracle Mets. <laughs> Hold on, the page is loading still. <laughs> and then Pete Rose be kicked out for bets. Okay, right, so Bob. we got a weird thing going on. We're trying to verify it. It's Donald Trump's Twitter feed. It's got the blue check, so it appears to be really him. It's legit. And he's retweeting John Kerry, former Secretary of State, former Senator, former presidential candidate. And it's got a blue check mark next to John Kerry. I've sought it out. It is. It appears to be legit, all of this. So I'll read John Kerry's tweet, although I can't use the language he uses, even though it would be perfectly defendable. You're going to have to say ass bleep, huh? Breaking news. This is a tweet from John Kerry. Congressman Massey has tested positive for being an a-hole. Except he spells it out. He must be quarantined to prevent the spread of his massive stupidity. He's given new meaning to the term hashtag masshole. Finally, something the president and I can agree on. (laughs) And Trump retweeted it and said, I didn't know John Kerry had such a sense of humor. Wow. But so I don't even know what they're talking about. Um, uh, Some Kentucky senator, I don't know Massey's act really, wants to vote against the the bill. Um, Trump uh, tweeted previously, he just wants the publicity. He can't stop it, only delay, which is both dangerous and costly. Workers and small businesses need the money now, et cetera, et cetera. But is that enough to to make John F. Kerry drop an a-hole bomb in his Twitter feed? He was a Marine. Seems a little over the top. Yeah, what the heck is going on? He's a a dignified type. Speaks French, remember? He's tired of it. He's tired of the whole dignified thing. He parasails. That's why he's never got to be president. It's part of it. Would that it were. Would that it were. Would that it were. Would that it were. I'm not exactly sure what that controversy is all about. No. Hey, we mentioned this earlier. Probably would be mentioned, worth uh, mentioning again. Massey yeah. is, is threatening to not only vote against it, which wouldn't do much, but enacting some sort of thing to where they they everyone would have to come back to the House in order to make the vote. And I think that's what a lot of people are are, are pushing back against. Still him. shocked by an a hole bomb out of John Kerry. I guess I guess that's child. just yeah. I guess Trump has changed things enough that now John Kerry. Instead of making the sort of senatorial highfalutin argument he would have made in the past, just drops an a-hole bomb on the guy. Uh, you had to roast people. Right, yeah. so the plan was to hold a voice vote, 
um, where whoever's there can just say A, uh, I, or nay, and uh, the speaker goes, bam, the eyes have it. So everybody doesn't have to come back to Congress where there have already been some positive tests. But that all changed because of Massey. House rules state a recorded vote can be forced if even just one member makes the request. Um, the threat prompted House leaders to ask that members quickly return to Washington, leading to a frantic rush to find flights or drive to D.C. Several lawmakers posted selfies from red-eye flights and from their cars, with many publicly airing their frustration and anger toward Massey. Many Republicans. Uh, there's a photo of uh, Dusty Johnson from South Dakota on a flight back to D.C. Friday morning. There appear to be a total of four people on the entire airplane. Uh, Mary Scanlon from Pennsylvania said, I'm really disappointed. Well, et cetera, et cetera. We get people throwing around a-hole bombs saying I'm really disappointed. It just it doesn't even get my attention, sweetheart. In 65, we saw a Mustang by Ford. <laughs> then the graduate won the Academy Award. <laughs> just keeps going and going. Hey, hey, let's, get back to, let's get back to Kennedy. All right, Bob, you said you were going to sing about John Kennedy. All I right? got some flu stats for you that aren't really the best news. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, I found myself thinking, God, if a Hall of Fame point guard would interview Dr. Fauci, maybe I'd have more understanding of what was going on. The epidemiologist and the three-point specialist. Together at last, Dr. Fauci and Steph Curry. And I know that there's a conversation now about just the overall accessibility of tests and, um, and and how those are starting to roll out in different parts of the country. Like, what's your assessment of, of that process? Okay, great question. That's been a real issue. Early on, several weeks ago, we were not in a place where we needed to be or wanted to be. We did not have as much accessibility of testing as we now have and that we will have going forward. Right now, there are literally hundreds of thousands of tests that are out there now, mostly because we got the private sector involved of the companies who know how to make it and make it well, make large amounts. So we're going very much in the right direction. Dwayne Wade, do you have a question for Dr. Burks? That was weird. That was well, why what was, was happening. Why there? was Steph Curry interviewing Dr. Fauci? Um, uh, because he's curious. His current occupation is on hiatus; doesn't True. have a lot to do. Right. And uh, he's a uh, he's an intellectual, curious guy. And uh, he just kind of did a. I think it was. And he has a zillion followers or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. That's kinda... why, Doctor. Yeah. My. I'm not curious why Steph Curry did it. I'm. I'm more curious why Doctor Fauci. Oh did yeah. It, it, it was a it's chance an opportunity to, to reach folks, people yeah. who may not be watching the daily White House press briefings and stuff. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Just got this text. This is an insider who wants to remain anonymous. Their hospital, where this person is a nurse, like a lot of others, are experiencing a severe face mask shortage. She and other nurses were told yesterday that the hospitals want to collect their used masks and send them to a company to be sterilized and then returned for circulation for the medical staff. Hmm. Where are the masks? Even if the masks are returned with goo or stains, they may be considered clean. Hmm. Hospital how, goo. How could we possibly have a situation where it's faster to send these masks off to be sterilized and back than to make new masks? I, I don't know. I thought our manufacturing might was being turned toward this challenge. I, I think it has, but it, my my read of it is it's still somewhere 
it hasn't gotten to the places yet. I think the the levers have been thrown, but... Yep. You can't email a mask. So I've been reading, I think a lot of people have been reading about the Spanish flu of 1918. I know that those have climbed up the bestsellers list in recent uh, weeks. There's a couple of great books out about it. And uh, there's some interesting information in there about how there's parallels or how this isn't even close to as bad or how, whatever you take away from this. The, the flu of 1918, if you don't know, this is the, just horrific. 55 million, 100 million, depends on who you ask. People died. They didn't have near a, a, a good a way to keep track of that sort of thing worldwide as we would now. And am I, am I correct that it, for some reason, targeted or, or killed the youngest and healthiest? Yeah. Yeah, which is just bizarre. The worst thing you could be was like a, a an in shape, healthy thirty year old. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it had something to do with it. It, it, uh, the the more oxygen you pump through your lungs, like a healthy person does, the more it caused you to die, like in an hour. Insane! If you got it. Wow, yeah, it was wow. Nightmare. Let me I'll just read a couple of things from this that I thought were interesting. One way to tell the story of the 1918 flu is through facts and figures, obviously. A collection of data whose impact is numbing and whose magnitude is almost inconceivable. How many became ill? More than a quarter of the United States population. Well, what are they saying might happen in this case? Mm, I don't know. Depends who you ask. There are various models that got a lot of attention that now they're saying whoops. Very little chance it's going to be even close to as lethal, what we got going on now, though. How lethal was it, the Spanish flu? It was 25 times more deadly than the ordinary flu. Nobody has said anything like that about this one. Well, and that's back in the day when medical care, antivirals, please, they didn't even dream of it. So, yeah, 25 times that rate. Yikes. The the Spanish flu killed 2.5% of its victims, which is really an amazing number. Normally, if you don't know it, just about a tenth of 1% of of people who get the flu die. Um. And since a fifth of the world's population got the flu that year, including 28% of Americans, the number of deaths was stunning. So many died, in fact, that the average lifespan in the United States fell by 12 years in 1918. In one year, the lifespan fell a dozen years. Yikes. If such a plague came today, killing a similar fraction of the U.S. population, a million and a half Americans would die. Well, we have heard those numbers thrown around uh, by various people, including that London study that got Trump's attention a couple of weeks ago. People who lived through it, they think, um, were not really aware of the worldwide effect because the media wasn't the same. A bunch of people got sick and died in your town, and you just thought it was a bad flu year. Mm-hmm. You weren't. There was no way to like bring in the totality of it the way we're doing this one. Right. Their internet service was terrible back then. And here's the part that I find really troubling. No one for sure knows where the 1918 flu came from or how it turned into such a killer strain. All that is known is that it began as an ordinary flu, and then it changed. It infected people in the spring of 1918, sickening its victims for about three days with chills and fever, but rarely killing them. Then it disappeared. Everybody thought it was over. Then it came back in the fall with the power of a juggernaut and wiped out maybe 100 million people. So that's something to keep in mind also. I heard Dr. Fauci saying he's, he thinks the idea of this will go away in the spring and uh, be nothing but a distant memory by the fall. He thinks that's not the case, which is why they're rushing like uh, crazy to get uh, the vaccines going. And, and right. It's very promising so far. Could it come from back? What I understand. Could it come back much more deadly the way they did they did in 1918? Yeah. Sure as hell, hope not. 
they say so far it doesn't seem to be mutating in that scary way. And it here's mutates it, very slowly. And here's one of the most interesting things about it. And I don't know what the, about this this means. I don't remember when I learned about the uh, the flu of 1918, but it was like long after I'd been studying history for a long time. The person that wrote this book said, "I'm a history major. I've dedicated my life to studying history." I was never taught this in high school or college or any graduate level class. I had no idea it occurred. I just came across it when I was like in my 40s, said the author of this book. It wasn't until uh, the late 90s, 2000s that anybody started writing any books about it. I remember one time reading, you know, I was looking at a table of people dying from stuff, and the flu was on there, and I thought, I've never even heard of that. Mm -hmm. It killed more people than World War II. How come I didn't know that? So there's some question as to what it is about that and maybe this one that people didn't want to write books about it people didn't want to talk about it people didn't want to study it it just kind of freaked out by it is that something let's pretend it didn't happen how many books have there been written about the civil war world war one world war two well in world war one which happened concurrently so yeah and and people just didn't write books about the spanish flu or talk about it or make movies about it or anything it just kind of disappeared from memory there's something about how scary it is, more scary than a war, that it's just out there among us, it's turning us against each other, that made people just want to, like, ah, let's pretend that never happened. I don't know. It's weird. That is weird. Nobody really knows. Huh. I'm befuddled. It, it affects people's uh, psyche in a different way than wars right? and earthquakes. Right. Well, that's why... So many people are drawn to various conspiracy theories. Uh, whenever something big and nasty and random happens, they have to have an explanation they can comprehend. It was guy A and guy B conspiring with person C, and they did this on purpose. It wasn't, you know, whatever. 19 Saudi Arabians in jet planes who, who hate America or whatever. No, it was... Was people I know and I understand in a conspiracy, and it, they find that comforting. And in any sort of war like nine eleven or a more traditional war, it's us against them, and we can beat them if we just all uh, come together. We're we're more courageous and smarter and everything like that, and we're right. going to beat them. Yeah, um, there's an appeal to it. And in an earthquake, you pull together, and you assume it's over because it probably is, or a fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. This there's no pulling together; they're staying apart. And your uh, your neighbor that you might uh, join together to fight uh, the French if you had to or whatever, you don't want them anywhere near you. In fact, stay out of my yard. You might have the disease. Yeah. And there's no reason to think it's going to end. Will it end? I don't know. Well, at least at, back in the day. At the risk of going too far down this shady lane, uh, it, it makes perfect sense that in the Middle age, Ages, the, the pre-scientific era, uh, people treated disease as evil spirits and demons and 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 evil beings that lurked in the dark because that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's it's out there. You can't see it. It's maybe next to you. Maybe it's right outside your door. You don't know. I got it on my shoes it, right it, now. Maybe it could crawl up you, and and then you know you're you're doomed, hmm. like some sort of evil spirit. What? It ain't. It's a microbe. And you can kill it by washing your hands. At least we got that going for you us. Can live on your shoes for five days. I don't know, but what's your source for that? You're spreading fear. Fear monger. Fear monger. You don't think it can live on my shoes for five days? I don't know. <laughs> it seems unlikely to me. Because you said the bottom of your shoes, right? Yeah. Now, you got tennis shoes. They got the nooks and the crannies. 
I suppose he could, you know, live in a cranny for a while. <laughs> but again, I'm neither an epidemiologist no. nor a cobbler, so I don't know. No, and then so while I'm on the dark so part what of the I, show... What, what, what do I got to do? Disinfect my shoes all the time now? While I'm on the dark part of the show, I'll end it quickly oh, here. Oh, man, more? At, when you go home today, find something cheery to read about. At five right? at 5.38... How about the history of the Three Stooges? At 5.38... was actually kind of miserable. I'm reading the Woody Allen autobiography. That's what I'm Close doing. Close enough. And I'm really enjoying it. Excellent. Really, really enjoying it. Um... But at 538 website, this is Nate Silver, and this is today. They're, they're talking to experts, and they're trying to get a consensus among a whole bunch of experts from across the country of what they think will happen. And uh, their current average estimate for deaths in, in the year of 2020 is 246,000. That's the average of all of them. Some of them are way lower than that. Mm-hmm. Some of them are way higher than that. And that's globally. No, that's in the United States. Tell me it's globally. <laughs> um, Yikes. Yeah, for 2020, just for this year. But again, some numbers some numbers are as low as 36,000. Some are as high as 1.1 million. And some people who study statistics say, well, then that's a pointless to average those. Um, whether it is or not, I don't know. These are all experts at statistics, but that's a heck of a thing. I hope we don't get anywhere close to that. Mm. Obviously, we all do. Right. Right. If anything like that is coming, we've only just begun to shelter in place. Are you done, Prince of Darkness? I'm done. Terrifying the people? Anything else you want to throw in there? I'm just trying to live in the real world. Why don't you put on like a black cape carrying around a sickle <laughs> or scythe or whatever that is? What do I know? I live in the suburbs. <laughs> Wear a black hood and just moan at people. <laughs> Hit them with bad statistics. <laughs> Tell you what. Chief Dark Cloud. I'm glad <laughs> I'm living sh- in the real world. I'm glad the show's almost over. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, uh, so I just did the, the the real downer information, even though it's true. And hey, you, you need to know the truth. Oh, the Grim Reapers back, um, everybody. No, but I, so I just did that. Why don't you, you go listen to that depressing 17-minute-long Bob Dylan song? You want fun and wholesome? I tweeted this out. Uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon that he's doing from his kitchen with his two little girls and his wife. So f- funny, charming, cute. If you've ever raised kids or are raising kids, it's just fantastic. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's like a half an hour long. It's really good. Him trying to do his monologue with his one little girl crawling on top of him and the other older little girl trying to get her to stop and stuff. It's just, it couldn't be better. Yeah, we're going to have a link at armstrongandgetty.com in just moments under hot links, Hanson. Is that right? Or just go to the page. Just You'll go find to the it. page. Just give me a few minutes. You, sure. What kind of, you don't know how to find something on the internet? It's right there at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, that's funny and wholesome. You want hilarious and utterly not wholesome? Get on the text feed with my golf buddies and, and I. America's meme game has been elevated by leaps and bounds during this crisis. Hilarity all over the place. A lot of it horrifically off color. My daughter keeps sending me hilarious TikToks, like, uh, little videos. I keep telling her, honey, the Chinese government is in your bedroom with you. But, uh, you know, it's it's the Internet. The kids just don't care that much. Well, imagine the hilarity that would have come out of the trenches of World War One. I. I mean, oh, yeah, people yeah. are funny. Yeah, especially in times of, uh, of trouble. Yeah. It's how we deal. And that's what, you know, I hope everybody's enjoying the show. 
Uh, it's funny. I will go somewhere. You mentioned this the other day about you went to the Target. Nobody was smiling. Nobody was laughing. Everybody had that grim yeah. look on yeah. their faces yeah. and the rest of it. You know, I'd encourage you to see if you could find your sense of humor. Um, I don't figure know how out long where you left it. That can't last. I, I got to <clears> believe at some point. I hate the term "new normal," but uh, I b- got to believe at some point it's just be okay. This is life. Now I'm going yeah. back to my normal personality. And- yeah. Yeah. So you got this Thomas Massey character. He's the uh, Kentucky, uh, a Kentucky congressman who, instead of just having the voice vote in Congress where they get enough people together in the chamber and say, who likes this new bailout thing? I, nay. Uh, and they pass it by voice vote. Um, this guy who's a, a libertarian type. So I'm sure I'd agree with him on a lot of things, but he's insisted he's the only Congress guy to insist. Nope. We got to show up and vote. The regular way and people including republicans are going crazy well like we talked to congressman mcclintock did he fly back to dc or did he stay in his home in california thinking he could do i i know he was planning to fly back to dc but then i don't know if he left again because the leadership said we'll just have a voice vote okay um but uh, john Kerry, of all people called this massy guy an a-hole on twitter Trump retweeted it. Here's Dean Phillips, who's a uh, a representative. Uh, Dear uh, Massey, if you intend to delay passage of the coronavirus relief bill tomorrow morning, please advise your 428 colleagues right now so we can book flights and expend $200,000 in taxpayer money to counter your principled but terribly misguided stunt. Thank you. Trump says, looks like a third-rate grandstander named Thomas Massey. Uh, wants to vote against the Save Our Workers. He just wants the publicity. Uh, you know what? I haven't heard Massey himself explain why he's doing this. What's he look like? Uh, it's the it's the debt stuff. He he, he does national debt concerns and yeah. the, oh, the cost get, per I, family sort of stuff. I get where he's coming from. Uh, well, yeah, that's he just, why his colleagues had principled but ill-advised. He just tweeted, I swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, and I take that oath seriously. Okay. A-hole. <laughs> that's what John Kerry says. Hey kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Thanks, Jack. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. There he is, Michael, pressing the buttons in the control room. He keeps us on the air. What's your final thought, Michael? Okay, order food out this weekend. Tip well and do something fun. Turn off the cable news channels for a while if you can. There you go, Michael, huh? What? Nice. Uh, Positive Sean, our producer, your final thought? Once again, I feel like it's a little bit unfair because sheltering in place is my default settings. Yeah. Supplies are still going great. I got a, My internet connection is solid. I got everything I need. There you go, Jack. Final thought for us. I've got to figure out a way to substitute something besides eating crap for, you know, relaxing, getting away from it all, letting your hair uh. down, blah, 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 and quit, like, getting pies and stuff. Did you see the cupcakes out there? Yeah. Right outside the studio? Whose idea was that? A hungry person's. My final thought is the Justice Department has weighed in on a lawsuit in Connecticut saying no. Boys who identify as girls aren't girls and can't compete against girls in high school sports nor college. For the love of all that is obvious. Thank you, Justice Department. Where does someone find that 17-minute Bob Dylan song, Sean? Uh... YouTube is where I found the, the okay. first night. It's, it's out and about. Yeah, yeah. It was released at some point last night, so I don't even know. It might be on the streaming service. There's no chorus. Oh, yeah, There's no chorus at some point or a hook or anything like Not that. Not the first three minutes we listened to. goes on and on with AA rhymes. 17 Moon, minutes. 
car par. You know, just this. Mm. I have a feeling he did that song when he did the Christmas album. Yeah, I don't I don't Could know be. that this is exactly what America needs right now. Uh, go listen to Blood on the Tracks, Bob Dylan album, or uh, Infidels, which I think is a brutally underrated uh, Bob Dylan album. Or his Christmas album. No, no, no. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people with thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Man, do we have a lot of great clicks for you. I mean, seriously. That uh, the video showing all the cell phones on a beach in Florida spreading out across the country. It's amazing technology and a little scary. How do you not follow us on the Twitter? We'll be tweeting. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come. To go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>